Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport roundup podcast. Quite an exciting week as Formula One is back. Circuit of the Americas plus W Series, we crowned a champion there with BTCC as well. Another champion is crowned. NASCAR is about to come to a head. Stuff on two wheels as well. Plenty of action to get into, but I think we need to kick off Tiff Nadell, Formula One, Texas. And a brilliant race. It's so funny because I tweeted that was a brilliant motor race. Sunday evening was brilliant. I liked having a Sunday evening race to watch live. Um, Damon Hill was so shocked. I've been so positive. He tweeted, he said, have you been drinking, Tiff? Because I think Damon, because he works with Sky, I think he despairs of that grumpy old Tiff's always moaning about <laughs> Formula One. But when you have a fantastic race, and the point is the race doesn't have to be a massive overtaking. I think people think, you know, like BTCC overtaking. No, if it's tension, if it's, if it's the build-up, and that those two of them bashing away around the most... Ex- I was exhausted watching them through that, that turn two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, with the cars bouncing over the curbs, and, you know, Lewis tracking him down. That's what Grand Prix racing, you know... In my day, you know, the 60s, my, my rose-tinted glasses of the 60s and 70s and 80s, no, there wasn't that much overtaking. It was this hunting someone down. And it's a shame it wasn't five more laps or Lewis didn't at least, you know, get onto his gearbox. Uh, I think with the DRS, you get obsessed with watching that gap, don't you? 1.2, you're waiting it to be under one second so he gets the DRS. Um, but it was just a cracking Grand Prix. A, because we had these two amazing talents going head-to-head for the, for the title and... You know, I'm not a huge, and I'm not obsessed with Lewis Hamilton. I support him because I'm British, but, you know, Max, I'm a, I'm a fan of as well. But also midfield, there's lots of O-taking going on. There's Ricciardo versus Ricardo. Okay, what's it, Ricciardo? Ricciardo versus Science and Alonso versus the rest of the world, the whole of the Alfa Romeo team. And there was just a lot going on. Great track, you know, spectacular watch, even as the, it's got a bit too many pine painted red, white stripes areas. You get, you get a bit lost going through turns one, two, three, four, five, where the actual track is. No, it's just a great, very entertaining motor race. Well, the Americans do know how to put on a bit of razzmatazz, don't they? And, and it was entertaining. But, you know, track limits came into it a little bit, certainly with uh, the qualifying and, and you know, arguably... Yeah, correctly, though. Exactly as you tweeted. I retweeted your tweet of you and your caterer questioning, is that track limits? And it, it was exactly that. You know, wherever the line is, an apex or an exit, you know, you've got to have two wheels on the, on the track bit. It's such a simple rule if, if they stuck to it. Then, of course, later in the evening, it showed that during qualifying, Max was four wheels inside an apex. So I said, Lewis should be on, on, on pole then. Then I got criticised for being a Lewis fan. And then, of course, the pictures came that Lewis was doing the same thing. <laughs> and it turns out on that corner, they were all doing the same thing. So, um, but, you know, it's just, it was really good stuff. And, you know, there was right there on the field, you know, Yuki Tsunoda having a good race. That was nice to him holding off Bottas. Valtteri proving why he hasn't been signed for Mercedes for another year, because when he's down the field, he just can't get anywhere. He's not a fighter. He wasn't good at holding people off, uh, you know, when he was trying to defend from Red Bulls when he was in a Mercedes. And now when he's back on the grid, he, he can't get through anyone. You remember um, Jen, Jensen Button? He used to be so good at overtaking. He would catch somebody up and and, it's, yeah. and, and we know what it's like. You, if, unless you overtake straight away, it does become quite difficult, doesn't it? If you're stuck behind somebody. But, yeah. but Jensen was a master at it. But you're right, Valtteri uh-huh. just never seems to be able to get through <sighs> that back. And as you as you quite rightly say, you can see why George Russell's been signed by Mercedes next year. Yeah. 
second driver in Red Bull with Perez. He seems to be doing a lot better now. He's a lot more... Yeah, he was... He's it was still, still, still not the setting page, the world on fire. No, no. miles off the pace. But, but what do you think, practice. Alexander Albon? You know, nearly won two Grand Prix. Albon, you know, he, he was punted by Lewis in Brazil. He could have won that one. He was punted by Lewis in Austria, and he could have won that one. So, I still think Albon actually did a better job than Perez is doing now. But of course, you know, you've got to can't keep on sacking drivers. <laughs> but Alonso, yet again, I think was it last week on the podcast? I said, you know. Fernando seems to sometimes think that he's the most important thing in Formula One. You know, he, he deliberately ran right in Sochi to prove the point. At turn one, he deliberately shot off into that runoff, went through the little chicane and came back on track because someone else had done that to him. And then in this race, you know, he overtakes you know, uh, um, Kimmy, you know, went around the outside. When he just drove him off the road, then he's on the radio, you know, he overtook me off, get him sacked. And he deliberately dive-bombed Giovinazzi on purpose, shot, you know, 50 metres off track and then came on and said, yeah, I've done that, you know. And there are times, no, no, you're, you're a side act at the moment, Fernando. You know, just, just wait till you get a good car. You just keep quiet for a while. And, you know, you're not the most important news anymore for, for the moment. You're still a brilliant driver, but... Uh, he's incredible, incredible, incredible driver and he's a you know, world champion, but enough's enough. We, you know, it's not the yeah. Alonso show. I think you're right. But it is a bit of a two-horse race in terms of the championship. It looks yeah, like uh, fully, yeah. the, the, the smart money is now back on Max. But, you know, it's uh, still all to play for. Fantastic. Yeah, it's really looking like uh, more tense days. But it was Two, a great... It was good. The first a, corner, you know. The only thing, I don't know why, strategically, strategy, strategy, I thought Lewis might try to undercut Max on that second set of tyres. You know, he closed in. He closed it down to about two seconds. And I thought, they'll do the undercut now, um, pit before Max. But in fact, it was Max that did it earlier for that last set of whites, you know. Then Max had to make them last, what, three laps longer or something, which doesn't seem much to, to you or me. Um, so I was a bit disappointed they didn't get ahead. But I think they just knew that if they got ahead of Max, you know, on, on Max and the fresher tyres, Max would have, would have got them. But uh, lots of tension, spectacular track. Good stuff. The strategies didn't quite get it right. Um, there wasn't a particularly fast pit stop. Nothing sub two seconds, 2.24 seconds per Ferrari. Mm. Other than that, it's all pretty pretty mundane, really. But uh, good to see. And two incredible, epic, unbelievably talented drivers going to take it to the wire, no doubt. With uh, A lot to look forward to as we head into Christmas. <laughs> there certainly <laughs> is. Should we stick with... Double um, W Series came to an end, yeah. you saying? Well, stick with uh, Circuit of the Americas with, with W yeah. Series. And, and, and yeah. it, I guess it's a bit of bittersweet here because, of course, Jamie Chadwick went on to win the W Series and is crowned the champion for the second time well, there's only been going for uh, two seasons. Um, and I, I guess the bittersweet is for me, and I think perhaps you might share the same, is she is so talented. Clearly, she's an exceptionally good driver. But in this equality world that we live in, uh, where yeah. everybody has to be equal. She's, she's not, not quite good enough. Whenever she goes out against the boys, you know. I mean, all we've really million, learned... But is she's that, a million that, dollars better off. Than, than That's all we've learned. Yeah. The, only thing, the only definite fact about the W Series is that Jamie Chadwick is a million dollars <laughs> better off. And, um, you know, Isabel, she's not quite quick enough when she goes out in Formula 3 and stuff against the, the whole world. So I don't really know where it's going. I think the, the thing with W Series, I don't think any of the ladies' girls in the, in the series at the moment are going to be a Grand Prix driver unless someone buys a ride, like, you know, with um, the Russian boy. Um, Mazepan, yeah. So, Mazepan. Um, uh, because, you know, they've been out, they're not quite quick enough. 
And the race was a bit straight out of the front. I mean, Abby pulling, I mean, Abby pulling the new girl. I mean, she was most impressive because she was right at the front. She was the one sort of chasing Jamie. And yet she's sort of done, how many was it looked at? She's done 42 um, British Formula 4 races and hasn't won one yet. You know, So she's a very good female driver. But I think the only way WCC is really going to work is if the publicity it's got gets more young girls at 8, Absolutely. 9 and 10 going karting. That's what I hope. And it will. will achieve. I'm sure so it eventually will. eventually we'll find Maxine, Maxine Verstappen or Louise <laughs> Hamilton and we'll find that brilliantly talented girl because you shouldn't really be allowed to get into Formula One unless you're brilliant, uh, which is what annoys me and Mazarin and Latifi to a certain extent, you know, buying their rides. And in a way, I think if Formula One looked at, they need to have a female in the, in the I mean, brilliant if there was a female on the grid. If they could get back to running maybe, you know, second-hand cars, had eight more cars on the grid, sort of a B-class. Because so many of the privateers, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, we had qualifying to get in when I was in the Formula One. You know, we had to, we were 30 cars trying to get them on the 24 places. Um, and it gave a lot more people a chance to be on a Grand Prix grid. So I think they should look and think seriously about not, not insisting on this two cars only in your constructors team and, and getting a B-class car out there and then getting eight more drivers having at least a season attacking in Formula One. There is no question having a female or multiple females on the grid of Formula One would be an exceptionally good thing. Yeah, uh, there's too few and, slots, you know. There, 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 there are too few. And, and the, but they're just, if we want to talk about equality, the ladies aren't there at the moment. And, uh, but like you said, it's all about bringing through the next generation, hopefully, of, of ladies to get them excited. But yeah. reduce, the, reduce the, the, the prize money. I know Jamie Chappell, <laughs> thank you for saying this, but half <laughs> a million dollars for winning a, 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 a series well, there's so of many young races. I know. The, the boys, I mean, Alex Walker, this kid that I've talked about before in Formula 4, he was at racing. I met him up at Snesterville when you raced the Caterhams, you know. He's won these Formula 4 championships, incredibly competitive, you know, overtaking. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of the girls, when you read the W Series um, columns, they always, every time they say, oh, when they were growing up, the, the girls couldn't get sponsorship, whereas the boys did. I've never heard of a bias towards males to be sponsored in, in motors, whatever. I mean, when you're coming up the ladder, the only way to come up is to get your own money, you know. Uh, and so I think Marcia, that Spanish girl, she was a Red Bull protégé, but she didn't do well enough when she did um, Spanish Formula 4. And so they dropped her, you know. She had the Red Bull money. I think one of the other girls from Renault sponsored again, didn't get... So the, the money is there for the talent. And it frustrates me maybe that uh, there's so many young male drivers uh, who aren't getting any money either. I mean, it's a fantastic series, W series, no doubt about it. But the cost of it, I don't know, I don't know where the investors are going to get, ever get their money back. Uh, but it's a very, very kind thing they've done to help, you know, encourage more young girls to go karting and then maybe we'll, we'll get that supreme talent that's out there somewhere. It is. And, and that's absolutely not to detract from what Jamie Chadwick's done, which is no, uh, phenomenal. Not at all. And, and the likes of Abby Powell and uh, Vicky Pierrot, well, Abby Powell, who yeah. pushed it all the way. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Alice Powell, who... Uh, They've got another year next year, the top eight, guaranteed another season, another fabulous year of global travel, racing at an attractive single-seater, completely paid for. It's the most, um, it, this has never happened you know, to any male series ever. Well, not it's only not only is it all paid for and you don't have to worry about sponsorship or, or travel or anything, 
you got the chance of winning half a million dollars as well. And, and, uh, but uh, so anyway, so uh, frustra- anyway. frustration for the. We're not sure where it's going. going. That's the point. But if it brings through, congratulations to Jamie and everybody else uh, who yeah. participated. And if it brings through Very the much. next. Uh, uh, generation of female racing drivers absolutely fantastic worth every penny um where are we go next here for I, I guess i guess we've got to congratulate a yeah, yeah, let's, let's... northern gent uh with <laughs> ash sutton btcc british touring cars well i mean it was kind of ash it was there to lose for him more than uh, to win but he's a phenomenal driver you rate him <laughs> very very highly when we met him i know you said that he should be off doing something else but i guess yeah he should be off at le mans by now should go gt3 yeah. race at ash or well, world lmp2 you know le mans drive um it wasn't the most again of course it's always close racing and there's always <laughs> scraps throughout the field but ash has sort of sat behind turkington for two races knowing that's all he had to do so we didn't really have that in the past three or four years, it's been tension right to the last lap of the last race at the reverse grid, you know. But this weekend wasn't quite like that because Ash, of course, won it you know, with a race to spare. Um, the only time with BTCC, I was watching it, how close it all is. There's too many black cars. I think I said this at the beginning of the season. You watch these battles going on. There's like four black Hondas and four black BMWs. Uh, Ash's white car sort of stood out and so did the Toyota. Um, but yeah, it, it was epic stuff. So it was so close. How they don't have bigger crashes? They're rubbing, you know, front fender to rear fender, um, going down the straights. And uh, it was great. But actually, the, the most exciting race is watching that after. I thought it was the Porsche Super Cups. I don't really watch those because um, Young King, the Young King boy who dominated last year, uh, he struggled. Dan Kamish came back, the, the superstar from two or three years ago. It's, it's been a bit of a tense uh, Porsche thing. A couple of other youngsters really on the pace the same. And four of them are just the most outrageous racing. And King keeps on diving up. He's the most adventurous overtaker I think I've ever seen in motorsport recently. <laughs> and, uh, he That's was on four wheels on the grass, yeah, coming up Hawthorne, one lap, yeah, top gear corner on the grass, ducking, diving. Um, it was tremendous racing the Porsches. It was the last year of this current model. They're going to change them all. But um, yeah, the Porsches, I think, even outdid the touring cars for spectacular racing head to head. Yeah, good stuff. There was there was also a good uh, Ash Sutton. Congratulations. Also, uh, uh, a few of the Caterham series came because we uh, concluded our championship a couple of weeks ago. But um, uh, they were they're all up at Cadwell Park. Oh, what a crazy circuit! If you don't know Cadwell Park, I don't know Cadwell Park. But I looked at some on board and, and watched some of the live feeds. Wow, that is a car-eating circuit. There's not much runoff there, Tiff, is there? No, no, you can't go off there. But uh, that that was exciting as well. But let's go to some. So yeah, proper... great weekend at Brands. It, yeah, it was. Um, were they at Brands? Were they at the BTCC and the Porsche Super Cup? Was that a, on the GP circuit or was that yeah, on proper the... circuit? That's why it was so much better. I mean, just a brilliant, brilliant racetrack. Fabulous stuff. Good of course, the Janetta Juniors entertainment. I mean, you know, as entertainment for spectator, I mean, those weekends are just awesome, isn't it? And Brands is always a good place to watch. I mean, when it's the full GP, you've missed the, the loop. Yeah. Still, it's such a good place to watch because you, you can see so much from one vantage point. So, a good circuit. Good. And congratulations, Ash. Uh, you, you've got a couple of fans here with Tiff and myself. <laughs> um, and talking of fanboys, your boy in NASCAR. Uh, uh, another, right, didn't he? Another last one, two rounds to go, and the excitement gets closer and closer. It wasn't an epic race, this one, a very fast race at Kansas. Um, but in the end, it was a bit like the Formula One, to be honest, because Chase Elliott was trying to track down last. He was closing on him and closing on him. 
But at that Kansas, they run the wall, the quick line is just to run. You know, the left-hand drive, and they've got a whole car next to them, and they're running up against the wall, lap after lap after lap, with a bit of oversteer. The precision. He was closing in and closing in, and eventually a bit of oversteer, he clattered the wall, and then he kept on going. It was getting loose, as they say, oversteer, and then he hit, touched the wall again. They, they scraped the wall. Uh, and he had to drop away at the end because he needed the points to, to stay in the top four uh, with one round to go. Um, but the amazing thing there is that the Penske team, well, Roger Penske now owns, you know, NASCAR owns the world out there, doesn't he? But there's a chance that all three Fords won't make the one race shootout, the final race. When the cut comes after the final race this weekend, round the half mile crazy bowl, um, what's it called? The track they're heading to, put it on the end, Martinsville. Um, just, I was just about but, to say that. But, but, <laughs> but you know, points-wise, I mean, only, only Larson's won race. He's won two of them. So any one of the other seven wins at Martinsville, they're straight in. Otherwise, it's all done on points. And like, you know, the, the forward, the leading forward, Ryan Blaney, is one point outside of the cut line uh, against, um, who's it, Kyle Bush is on the cut line in Toyota. So it's a tremendous, and all through the race, this cut line moves up and down when, when the competitors are so close. So it's going to be a really tense Martinsville this weekend. Um, but Carl Larson, I mean, if he doesn't win the title, it all ends up in just one race. It's incredible. Uh, you know, fantastic season, and yet the last round is just who's the, who leads out of the four that are officially left in the competition. It's a bit like it's, the it's, English, English Rugby Premiership, where uh, you can be the top, the most successful team over the whole season uh, and be miles ahead of anyone else. But then it comes down to a crunch match with, uh, yeah. with, with you and somebody else to, who wins the Premiership. So, God, that'd be frustrating to lose it that way. If it well, I mean, Brian Blaney, Brian Blaney was, was well up in the points, the leading Penske. He was taken out by another competitor, you know, completely innocent in a crash halfway through the race. Um, so, whereas he was well into the points, he's now the first one outside the points um, because another competitor wiped him out. Who even watches NASCAR on this on this talk? Let us know below. Who even watches <laughs> NASCAR? Does anyone watch it, or are we just kind of humouring uh, Tiff with uh, with adding NASCAR? We got to. I'm NASCAR. trying to. The whole the point of this podcast in the world. is to open people's eyes. That's why we're having this podcast. Hopefully, to make people aware of what else is out there. People, you know, I know people have got Sky Sports Grand Prix. They watch the Formula One. And they switch off when IndyCar's coming on <laughs> Sunday evening, straight after a Sunday Grand Prix. And I, you know, they, they're watching a processional Grand Prix race because they're always exciting. And then IndyCar's coming on, they just turn it off. They I have to say, I, I agree with you about the Formula One being on at eight o'clock in the evening, on a Sunday evening in the UK. That yeah. was lovely. Sitting back, nice yeah. glass of red wine, the fire was on. Perfect, absolutely <laughs> perfect. So let's go to two wheels, Tiff. Let's go to MotoGP. Um, yeah. It was, it was quite a, a full-on time there but uh it, it, it came out on top well it, it was it was three teams all having massive celebrations there's emilio what was the name of the grand prix emilio romania yeah because it replaces the uh, malaysian grand prix i think due to all the covid so it was held at, it was a second italian grand prix in effect down at mazzano um and the three celebrations because mark marquez continued his amazing comeback and won the race so honda all and marquez are all jumping up down the pit lane um <laughs> Valentino Rossi had his last race in Italy. So the whole the whole half of the spectators were wearing yellow, the yellow 48, and Rossi was doing the parade lap at the end. He finished 10th. He had a good race, which for him, yeah. he hasn't been up there, of course, this year. So then all the Italians were having huge celebrations. And for very rarely, Valentino threw his helmet into the crowd, which must have caused a, a bun fight. I think one person caught it cleanly. <laughs> so they were all celebrating. 
And then Fabio Guattararo, the French kid, um, finally, we, he, he was marching towards the title anyway. It was getting tight. Um, he claimed the, the world championship at this meeting. Still two rounds to go. So he was in tears and the French tricolour. Nobody knows French riders never won it before. So it's amazing for France. And the celebrations of having MotoGP, because while Marquez was kissing all his crew in the pit lane, Valentino was waving the, the massive yellow army out of the grandstands. And for Quattrara, they pre-planned this red carpet. So he, he got off his bike and he was given a gold-painted helmet in his colours. But he walked down this red carpet and it was a little circle said, stop here. So when he stopped there in front of the main grandstands, they did a big film history of his whole life and his career so he could stop and watch. And he, well, he, and we were all, he was in tears all the time. Wow. Then it said, then the arrows said, move on. This is all brilliantly planned. He moved on. Then there was another little circle that said, dance here. So he did a bit of a jiggy dance. And it was just great. I was, I, unfortunately, the, rate, the championship could have gone further because it, um, it was one of um, Valentino Rossi's protégés. Uh, Francesca Bagnaia on the Ducati, who was challenging. He's won the, I think won the last previous two Grand Prix, I think. He was beginning to close the gap on, on Quattararo. Um, and he was leading the race with Ducati, but uh, he fell at turn 15. Turn 15 was a notorious left-hander all weekend. Qualifying would be wet, damp, so nobody really had fully dry conditions. Uh, Quattararo only qualified 15th. I and mean, that's how competitive it is in wow. bikes. So he obviously wasn't pushing... And he came up to finish fourth in the race to uh, to take the title. But uh, yeah, Quattara and Bagnaia, um, you know, he could have won the title if he'd, if he'd not dropped it. So it was all over. Moto2 then, we had Sam Lowe's win, great British, British rider who won the first two rounds of the year, and then just had a few more crashes and dropped down and had bad luck. He came back to win from pole position. But again, he was being led by a championship contender, uh, was it Raul Fernandez, who'd won the last three races, and he was catching the championship leader, which is Remy Gardner, the Australian boy, um, and he dropped the same corner, the front folded under him. When you see it, because they turn in, <laughs> they're still bleeding off the brakes on their little handlebars, and they just squeeze that front brake a little bit too much as they tilt it in, poof, the front's gone and you're, you're on your bum. You know, it's not like you slide wide in a car, you're skating down the tarmac at 110 miles an hour. So um, that gave Sam Lowe's back the lead. So Sam won the race. Jake Dixon, another British rider in Moto2, qualified 17th, got to 13th. Um, but in Moto3, poor old John McPhee, our Scottish star, had the flu and qualified 12th and crashed out in the race. So not much joy for the Brits apart from Sam Lowe's. Well, you've only got three Brits in all three series, I suppose, winning. One of them winning is quite good. Um, Moto3, that's building huge drama because we had our runaway champion, little Pedro Costa. It was yeah. like winning, 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 winning. The 16 you know, we all thought he's going to walk the championship. But Dennis Foggia, Foggia on a Honda, um, he's now won, he's had three wins in a second from the last four rounds. And he's just closing the gap, closing the gap, closing the gap. Uh, and Acosta's beginning to look a little bit, a little bit rattled. He managed to finish third. He should still get home and be the champion in the, after the next two rounds. But uh, pressure's building on the KTM boys from the Honda of Dennis Foggia. So lots in MotoGP is building up. So we've got Formula One building up to a great crescendo. And we've got Moto3 building to a crescendo. Moto2, maybe not such. Good so stuff. good weeks. Good entertaining for the bikers, as always. Do you know what else was in Italy? Well, on an island, uh, an Italian island. 
uh, in the Mediterranean, a lovely, beautiful I nearly forgot. island called I nearly Sardinia. Forgot. How you know can what we it forget was? that? You know what it was? It was very quiet. Electric beach buggy, electric beach buggy racing. Oh, I, I watched, I watched, I have to, I mean, it's spectacular. They bounce in the air. They all break their suspension, going around with broken steering arms, rolling over into the undergrowth. <laughs> and they were just on a tank range. I don't know quite where... I thought maybe, I was hoping this would happen actually, that they would get the drivers. You know the drivers, they were picking plastic out of the ocean somewhere and they're picking yep. litter out I remember, of the glacier. I remember that. That was like the first photo shoot opportunity. I thought because they're on a military zone, they could have been defusing unexploded bombs. That, you know, like Princess Diana did that. That would have been a very good thing they could have done to show. She, she, was, she was doing mines in Africa. It's a little bit different yes. trying to save the people of, uh, of, of wars. Uh, then well, Sardinia, but they got to show there could be some unexploded been, shells on the tank now. range. You've just been very silly now, but it was it was it was okay, wasn't it? It's not for, it's not for me. I'll be honest with you, but it's okay. I saw we need to change our titles from uh, what are we motoring journalists? We need to be influencers because I saw another load of influencers over there with one of the car manifestos who I won't name, but uh, we definitely need to change out. We need to be influencers. We need We've to got to get more work. Nazi clothes. Not getting the freebies, are we? We're not getting the freebies unless we say everything's wonderful and brilliant. Brilliant. Everything has to be brilliant and beautiful nowadays. There can be no criticism of anything. Don't worry about your views, your audience. And speaking of audience, actually, just that's a very tenuous link because um, Owen Pass, he's a lovely chap who you've actually taken around trucks a couple of times. He's he's wheelchair bound. I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. Uh, I caught up with him at Carl Sakoon this week and uh, he said to send on his best regards because he ah. listens and watches our podcast every week. So, okay, Owen, great. yeah, top, top man. But um, where were we? We have Sardinia with, uh, with uh, yeah, we're not influencing. Yes. We need to get influencing a bit more. <laughs> but what is, anyway, what's, your, what's, your take, what's your takeaway with the, uh, with E-Series? Is it, is it uh, extremely, I beg your pardon, is it um, something that's going to continue? Do you think it's got any longevity? No idea. No idea. I don't know. I don't know. Again, who's funding all these things? I think they, I think it's like Formula E, they sort of self-fund, don't they, to get it all going and hopefully then, you know, big sponsors will come in. Um, but do you think the likes of Jensen Button and Lewis Hamilton are going to stay there next year with their, their entries and Nick and Rosberg? Do you think they are? Or are they going to, they must be, makes, they must be makes thinking. Makes their CV. Look, I mean, Nico's yeah. fully into, you know, Evolution Electric. I think he's invested in Formula E. I mean, and Nico invests money, so he's one of the investors, uh, I think, in Formula E and, and other... Uh, these sort of wokey things and so it's good for their seem like lewis is doing great work and stuff you know and they think this is what they want to do and if, if that makes them feel better that's great you know it, it creates the sport but i don't think it, extreme e is, is changing the world in any way at all you know because i mean a lot of people are joking about the cost of you know flying them around the world and everything else that goes on no they don't fly um, them around the world they sail them around the world so uh <laughs> You know, you've got rallycross. Rallycross is a very entertaining motorsport. That's going electric next year. An electric rallycross, which we've tried on, on love cars, you know, it, it, that will work because it's yeah. little tight racing, big spectators. And, they, and very short. Um, it's a five-minute race. Beach, that, so. beach buggies that keep on breaking because they, they take to this terrain that's so rough. I mean, they put them through hell uh, and they, they break, you know, because they're such big things, heavy. Okay, so what have we got next week? There's enough of beach buggies. They're not beach buggies. They are they're unbelievable <laughs> bits of kit. These things, but it's just what are they? Then? How would you describe the vehicle? Well, I would say it's an all-terrain 
uh, all-terrain electric vehicle. I would say it's a yeah, electric beach buggy. race car. It's a beach yeah, buggy. Okay, beach exactly. buggy. <laughs> so... <laughs> this weekend, the, the much not watched and hardly thought about. What World should we Endurance be watching this weekend? Tell us what we there should be watching. There isn't much. There isn't much. The World Endurance Championship starts its last two rounds, both being held in Bahrain. So they're off to Bahrain for, for two weekends. Um, Toyotas are obviously going to win it because they've already won everything this year. Um, so it's either the two Toyota crews will be crowned drivers championship. And hopefully it'll be um, our boy Mike Conway because Mike Conway, he, he was champion last. His team won the championship last year but didn't win Le Mans. They're famous, the number eight or number seven, whichever they are, never wins Le Mans. They won Le Mans. So let's hope he, he has a year when he wins both the crowns of Le Mans and the world championship with his teammates, Kamui Kobayashi and uh, Jose Maria Lopez, the Argentinian. Um, it was a very tight LMP2 battle because obviously that goes around with them as well. The Brits in with a chance of winning that are Tom Blumquist, Anthony Davidson, uh, Philip Hansen, and Alex Brundle. So we've got British interest in LMP2. The GTE class, because always these three classes. James Collado is the only Brit, and he's actually leading at the moment, it's Ferrari. So plenty of British interest to follow the World Endurance Championship round the tricky circuit of Bahrain. Bahrain, yeah. Bahrain. NASCAR, of course, on Sunday, Martinsville. This is a half a mile. No car will finish the Martinsville race without a dented fender <laughs> wing, whatever you want to call it. There is always, you're leaning on people, leaning on people, and the seven have to be cut to three uh, to join Larson for the final race. The so maximum tension for the, for the playoffs, around a half mile Martinsville. And if you're in Britain and you want to go watch the motor of sports, then the British Rally Championship is up at Clandudno. Um, it's the Conway Cambrian Rally. So if you're fancy rallying, get your anoraks out. It's getting cold. But it is great to walk into a forest and to walk into. There's some great Welsh up in the north of Wales. I think I pretty raced around some of them when I did the Rally GB. So some spectacular rally spectators to be done up in Wales. I think it's on there, Saturday only. There is something so, about that. I went yesterday to watch a friend do some motocross uh, as a race, an hour, endurance, well, hour, hour race. And you traipse down into the woods, get your best position, and it's yeah. with rain and mud everywhere. But it's, it's brilliant. Get fun. a thermos, get a thermos, you know, coffee with a bit of brandy in it or something, and uh, go support the British. You know, rallying in this country is dying on its feet at the moment, you know, because we don't have a rally GB anymore. Uh, it's very expensive even to, 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 to do these sort of, they're in the second group, the, the R5 cars. But they're really expensive cars. The forestry stages, it's costing more and more to hire them because you have to repay for the And the amount of volunteers as well is just and needed. So, really nuts. The amount so of let's give British rallying, if you can, if you're up there in the northwest, anywhere up the northwest of England, pop over to Clandudno and uh, wave a flag and support the British rally championship. And speaking of British, let's the best of British to my old mate Tiff because it's a massive milestone this week for Tiff. He's going to be turning, believe it or not, I just said before we started this podcast, he looks 10 years younger than me. Believe it or not, he's a little bit older because he turns 70 this coming Friday. So Friday, the 29th of October. I please, can't believe it. Please join serious, me in uh, passing on <laughs> the very best of wishes to Tiff. Uh, so you won't be racing this weekend. I'm, hopefully you're going to put your feet up and have a few glasses of champagne. I'll be at Watford. I'll be at Watford on Saturday with a hangover, with a big hangover, watching the Saints away at, at uh, Watford. So uh, I hope that'll be a good celebration. Nice Friday night out in London, and then we're going to go straight to Watford with the boys and hopefully have a win. That'll be my, that'll be my best birthday present. will be the Saints winning on the Saturday. Well, I really sincerely hope that comes true, Tiff. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to speaking to you. Well, I'll speak to you very soon. But thanks, as always, for joining us. See you next week.
See you next week. Cheers. See you next week when he's a little bit older. He'll be 70 when we join him next week. This is the last time you'll see Tiff Nadell 69 on this podcast. Happy birthday for Friday, Tiff. Cheers, guys. Cheers.